listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast again this week. And uh, I'm recording this today from Sarnia, Ontario, here in Canada, where we're having a revival. And uh, it's been powerful every single night. And I can't wait to uh, give you what God has in my spirit today. But I want to remind you right at the top of this podcast that we there's only about a week left for you to get a copy of my latest book, Unhang Your Harp, How Praise Opens the Door to Every Blessing that God has Set Aside for You at a 33% discount. So normally it's $15 per copy, but until the end of May, uh, you have the ability to grab it at only $10. So if you'd like to grab a couple copies of that, you can go now to shop dot miracle dot com that's shop dot miracle dot com and you can get it there at that 33 percent discount even if you try to get it on amazon dot com it's still full price there but on our website you can get it for that discount and i want to do that to be a blessing to every one of you that listen to the podcast uh right up until the end of this month so i want to encourage you grab a copy for yourself for somebody else and bless them with it it will seriously open your eyes and your understanding to the power that is inside the praise that God has given you as a weapon to give you access to every blessing that he's poured out for his believers in the New Testament. All right, let's jump in today. I want to talk to you about something that I consider to be very important, but that most people do not realize that they need something extremely important in the kingdom that most people don't realize that they need. And of course, I'm talking about the power of impartation. Um, I want to talk about that for just a moment. Uh, there are a couple of categories of people. We've got one group of people, as I said you know, a moment ago, they don't know that they need impartation. They don't recognize the benefits of it. They don't recognize the value of it. And then there's other people who they're aware that impartation is available, but for some reason they don't believe that it's still functional in the body of Christ today. They know about it as a biblical principle, something that happened in the Old Testament and even in the early church or the New Testament, but they don't believe it's for today. And sadly, there are people like that. Uh, in fact, there's some people that are considered by many to be very intelligent that do not believe that uh, godly men and women can impart spiritual gifts to other godly men and women. They think only God can impart spiritual gifts to other men and women. Well, that's not scriptural by any means. Um, We're going to cover that a little bit today in the podcast, but obviously, I mean, right from the outset, something that should come into your mind and into your spirit is what Paul said as he wrote his letter to the Roman church. He said in Romans chapter one and verse 11, uh, he said, I long to be with you that I might impart some spiritual gift to you that you might be established. Well, Paul's plainly saying there that my desire is to come and to be with you 
And we know that Paul's method of, of impartation that he believed in and practiced was not just speaking the word, but also laying on of hands. Uh, and so we know many times that Paul would lay hands on somebody and impart spiritual gifts to them. For example, we see that in Acts chapter 19, the Bible says that Paul went to Ephesus, the church in Turkey, and he found 12 men who were not yet filled with the Holy Spirit, and he asked them about it. He said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you became a believer? And they said, well, to be honest with you, we've not even heard there is such a thing as the Holy Spirit. And so Paul laid his hands upon those men and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues and prophesy. So he imparted spiritual gifts to those men. And then, of course, he wrote to his son in the gospel, Timothy, and he said, stir up the gift that lies within you that came through the laying on of my hands. So Paul was able to impart to Timothy spiritual gifts that he then encouraged him to stir up. He said, they came to you when I laid my hands on you. And Paul saying the same thing to the Roman church. He said, I really, really want to be with you in person so that I can impart to you some spiritual gift that will cause you to be established, uh, that will cause you to be firmly planted or useful. And in one translation, if you study this out, it actually means that you'll you'll be beneficial to others or in the kingdom of God, that you'll be effective or beneficial, fruitful in the kingdom of God, which obviously is God's desire for every believer, that we be fruitful, that we be impactful uh, in the kingdom. So one of the main ways that God gives us the ability to do that, and the term I like to use is that it gives us the ability to leapfrog past where we should be or normally would be at the stage in our lives, we can leapfrog past that place by receiving impartation from someone else. And I want to deal with two methods of impartation today. Uh, and the first being, we, as, we, as we're currently talking about, is receiving impartation from a mighty man or woman of God. And uh, God set this system up in the earth so that we could increase speedily and steadily. You know, God doesn't want us as believers to just uh, start at the ground level every single generation. You know, the next generation of Christians come along and they have to start at the ground level of understanding, of power, all of that. No, he wants to continue to build and increase every generation in the kingdom of God so that the next generation doesn't have to learn by trial and error what the previous generation has already learned. He wants us to not, I've said this for years now, God does not want his children to learn by destruction. He wants us to learn by instruction. And if you're taking notes today, that would be a great thing to write down. God does not want his children to learn by destruction. He wants them to learn by instruction. In fact, if you're using social media and you want to put that as a graphic quote on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, write that God doesn't want his children to learn by destruction, but wants them to learn by instruction. What does that mean? He doesn't want you to try and fail, try and fail, try and fail until you figure out the way something works. He wants you to receive instruction either from his word directly 
or from a man of God or woman of God teaching you the word of God and the principles of the kingdom so that you can get it right and move on to higher levels of accomplishment for the kingdom of God and to be more impactful than you would without that help, without that supernatural help. See, Paul was raising Timothy up so that when Timothy began in his ministry, he would not begin where Paul began. But as uh, my pastor, Bishop Rick Thomas says, is that so that Paul's ceiling would be Timothy's floor. Paul's ceiling, where he finished, where he completed his ministry, would be where Timothy started in his ministry. And that comes by impartation. And Paul clearly imparted to Timothy by the laying on of hands. And so you can see that not only did Paul impart to him, but there was a faith imparted to Timothy, according to what Paul said, that came from Timothy's grandmother and his mother. He said, "They, I can see the same faith in you that was in your grandmother first, and then it was in your mother, and now it's in you. So not only did Timothy receive impartation from Paul, he received impartation from his own family members, which was passed down, which, by the way, is the importance of being a godly role model in your house. Raising your children, the Bible says, if you'll raise them up or train them up in the way they should go, that when they're older, they won't depart from it. Well, why is that the case? Because you're imparting to them at a young age, godly principles and godly power so that when they're older, that gift is already on the inside of their spirit. So Paul used the laying on of hands many times to impart spiritual gifts. Now, if we jump back to the Old Testament, uh, you'll notice that in this same type of a relationship that uh, Paul had with Timothy, Elisha and Elijah had that type of relationship as well, a father and son uh, style relationship. And Elisha had a hunger like Timothy did to receive the anointing that Elijah had. And so in the same way that Timothy desired what Paul had, Elisha desired what Elijah had, and he asked him a question. Now, I do want to make this point that in Elijah and Elisha's day, they weren't the only two prophets on the earth. In fact, Samuel, the prophet, had established a school of the prophets. Uh, If you read some translations of the Bible in the Old Testament through Samuel and Kings, you'll see it referred to as the sons of the prophets. Well, this was a school of prophets that Samuel founded, but then Elijah became what I call a master prophet or a professor prophet. And we have a record or scriptural reference of Elijah training the sons of the prophets. They would sit at his feet and he would teach them. So obviously Elijah was on a higher level than the sons of the prophets because they would sit at his feet and they would learn from him. So he was imparting to them uh, by the teaching of the word, which is the second aspect we'll get to in a moment. But notice that they were not the only two prophets, but Elisha had a different kind of hunger for the anointing than any of the other sons of the prophets had because he was the only prophet that would not leave Elijah's side. And Elijah began to take his final journey and stopped in these different places where there were schools of the prophets. You know, he went Gilgal, Jericho, Bethel, all the way through till he crossed the Jordan River. 
And he stopped and notice these sons of the prophets would come to Elisha and say, hey, don't you know your father's going to be taken away from you today? And he said, of course I know it. Yes, you're prophets. I know you can sense that in the spirit. I'm also a prophet. And yes, I know it, but stay quiet about it. Because what I'm focused on is receiving what Elijah has before Elijah leaves. And he asked uh, once if Elijah figured out, I can't shake this young man. I've tried to get him to stay behind multiple times. And every time I tell him, stay here, I have to go somewhere else. He says, no, I will not leave your side. Once Elijah figured out, Elisha was in it for the long haul and he had a desire and a hunger for the anointing. Elijah says, tell me, what can I do for you? And Elisha said, well, I'll tell you what you can do. I want, now this is extremely important, this part right here, please get this. And if you're taking notes, write this down. You can operate in the power of another man's or woman's spirit. You can operate in the power and anointing of another man or woman's spirit. Because notice what Elisha said to Elijah. He said, Here, here's what I want. I want to receive a double portion, not of the Holy Spirit. He said, I want to receive a double portion of your spirit. I want to receive a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah replied, you've asked me for a hard thing. Well, why is it a hard thing? Well, it's hard because you can't logically give someone twice as much as what you already have. If I have $100 in the bank and you come to me and say, could I have $200? I can't say sure and then go withdraw $200. I don't have it. It's not possible to give someone double of what you have. So what Elijah was trying to get across to Elisha was, you've asked me for something that's hard and so it's gonna have to be a miracle if you receive it. He said, but if you see me when I go, if you see me when I'm taken away, you'll have it. And Elisha stuck with him. Now, the Bible tells us the story that Elijah and Elisha came to the Jordan River. And Elisha watched as Elijah took off his mantle and struck the water with that garment. And the Bible says when he struck it, Elijah and Elisha were able to walk across on dry ground because the Jordan River parted for them. And they walked across. And when they got to the other side, and they were talking, standing there, uh, chariots of fire, horses came and took Elijah into heaven. He was literally raptured in the Old Testament. He was taken into heaven, but before he disappeared into heaven, the Bible says that he dropped his mantle down to Elisha. This was the transference of power or the full impartation of a double portion of Elijah's spirit to Elisha. And so Elisha went over, picked up the mantle, and it was now time to test the anointing that had come into his life. Well, just as he had seen Elijah do moments before, Elisha walked back to the Jordan River, took the mantle in the same way that Elijah did, and shouted, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he struck the water, in the same way that Elijah had struck the water. And as the water parted for Elijah, in the same way, it parted for Elisha. And he walked back across by himself on dry ground. He had received what he asked for. And those sons of the prophets, or the school of the prophets, they were watching 
from a distance. And when they saw him come back alone across on dry ground with the mantle of Elijah, they said to one another, surely the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. Get this. They could see it clearly. Surely the spirit of Elijah rests upon Elisha. You can operate in the power of another man or woman's spirit by impartation, supernaturally. In fact, did you know that the Bible teaches in Luke chapter one that John the Baptist came in the spirit and the power of Elijah? Now that was supernatural because that was years and years after Elijah was taken into heaven. But the Bible says God was able to give John the Baptist that impartation that he came in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. And so you can operate in the power of another man's spirit. It's completely scriptural. In the New Testament, the Bible says that when Jesus called his 12 disciples unto him and began to equip them for ministry, do you know what the Bible says he did? He breathed upon them. He breathed upon them. Well, what is that? That was the same breath of life that was breathed into Christ at his baptism at the Jordan River. John the Baptist baptized Jesus in water in Luke chapter three. And the Bible says in Luke chapter four and verse one, that when Jesus was finished being baptized, he was led into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. So God breathed his breath from heaven and filled Christ with the breath of God. By the way, that same breath of God is the same thing that brought Adam to life when he was just formed out of the dust of the earth. The Bible says that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and he became a living being. Impartation makes you supernaturally alive. Uh, Adam was nothing. He was literally dirt until God breathed the breath of life uh, into his mouth and he became a living being. In fact, the Bible tells us that about every person who has received the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter eight and verse 11 says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells or lives in you and he quickens or makes alive, by the way, your mortal or physical body. So the same thing that happened to Adam happens to every one of us when we are imparted the life of God by the Holy Spirit. That's impartation. God gives us the Holy Spirit and we're made alive spiritually. That is what happened to Jesus on the day of his baptism. The heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And God spoke from heaven and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. So we see that on the day that he was baptized, Christ was filled with the Holy Ghost or God blew the breath of life into his body. Jesus then was filled with power. And before he, see, because he lived for 30 years on the earth and could not produce one miracle, not one. Not one until God imparted to him the breath of life. Jesus was a mere man. Yes, he was the son of God, but he was merely flesh and blood. He was not empowered to do the works of God until he was filled with the Holy Ghost. 
The Bible says that he went, went into the wilderness full of the Holy Spirit. And after 40 days of fasting and prayer, Luke chapter four and verse 14, he returned from the wilderness full of the power of the Spirit. And then he began his ministry. And of course, we know his first miracle was found in Gospel of John chapter two at the wedding located in Cana in Galilee, and he turned water into wine. He couldn't do that or heal anybody or deliver anybody or cast out any devils or raise the dead until he received impartation from heaven. Then Jesus calls 12 disciples and notice they were just normal, regular, everyday working men, fishermen, tax collectors. I mean, just normal men. But notice what the Bible says that Jesus did. He breathed upon them. He breathed upon them. And the Bible says that when he breathed upon them, he said, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive the Holy Ghost. And every one of those 12 men received the breath of God, the life of God, the nature of God. And they were actually operating in the spirit and the power of Jesus. Get this, they were operating. Now see, in the Old Testament, Elisha was operating in the spirit and power of Elijah. But in the New Testament, they were operating in the spirit and the power of Jesus Christ who breathed upon them and said, receive the Holy Ghost. So you can operate in the power of another man's spirit. And the disciples began to do the same works that Christ was doing. They began to heal the sick, raise the dead. They began to do the same works that he had done. Although at times they were limited in their fruitfulness because their dedication didn't match his dedication. They didn't pray like he prayed. They didn't fast like he fasted. They didn't study like he did. So at times they were limited by their flesh, but they were filled with the spirit of God and they began to work the works of God. So you can operate in the power of another man's spirit. It can come by the laying on of hands. Here, Jesus breathed upon them. It can come through a, a point of contact like Elijah's mantle. Uh, there's, there's many ways. We believe in prayer cloths. You know, that's a form of impartation. The Bible says that in Acts chapter 19, handkerchiefs and aprons were laid upon Paul's body. And after he ministered, those cloths were taken from him. And when they were laid on sick people, the sick people were made well. And those that had demons were delivered of demons. So what did Paul do? Paul imparted the anointing into mere cloth. And that cloth, when it touched others, made them well. So we understand there are points of contact like a cloth or, you know, anointing oil or whatever it might be. That the anointing gets into those elements. The communion meal would be another one. And then there's the laying on of hands like Paul did with Timothy and did many times throughout the New Testament and desired to do in, in the church in Rome. He said, I long to be with you that I can impart a spiritual gift to you that you may be established. By the way, when you receive impartation, that is the main function that you can be established and be fruitful and impactful in the kingdom of God. So we have here the story of uh, the way it was done in the New Testament, it's still done this way today. By the laying on of hands or by point of contact, they received supernatural impartation. But secondly, I want to show you that there is the ability to receive impartation from the word of God, from the mighty word of God. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus himself taught this. Now think about this. 
Jesus said, I cannot even speak. Um, I'll read you the scripture. John, Gospel of John, chapter 12 and verse 49. Uh, This is the New Living Translation. Jesus said, I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. See that? Commanded me what to say and how to say it. So Christ didn't speak of his own uh, accord or what he wanted to say. In fact, if he didn't hear the Father speak, he would have been mute because he only spoke what he heard from the Father. So understand that you can receive the word of God and it be imparted into your spirit and that word take you to a new level. In fact, the Bible teaches us that in John chapter eight and verse 32, it says you will know the truth and the truth that you know will set you free or some translations read will make you free. So the truth of God's word can impart to you the strength to be free in every area of life. Now in the book of Acts, Uh, chapter 20, Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders and he says something very interesting uh, about the word of God, what what it can do by ability and by power and impartation. Verse 32 of Acts 20, Paul said this, now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up, number one, and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So the way that we receive spiritual inheritance is through the impartation of God's word. And the way that we're built up and established is through the impartation of God's word. In fact, let me read you something here. Um, and then I'll get into telling you some stories and things. But let me let me read to you here in Ezekiel chapter 2 and chapter 3. Here, Ezekiel is receiving his call from the Lord to begin to speak to the nation of Israel and give them a heavy judgmental word because they had strayed away from God and what he wanted them to do. But verse one of Ezekiel two, the Bible says, uh, stand up, son of man, said the voice. I want to speak with you. Now watch this. Verse two, the spirit came into me as he spoke. Do you see that? The spirit came into me as he spoke and he set me upon my feet and I listened carefully to his words. So notice this. The first thing that you see Ezekiel happening when the word of the Lord comes to him first, as the Lord is speaking, the spirit came into Ezekiel into him. So he received an impartation as God was speaking to him. Secondly, it set him upon his feet. It established him. It planted him or strengthened him. Set me upon my feet. So two things that we can receive here as Paul talked to the Ephesian elders and here we see with Ezekiel, the spirit can come into you. It can establish you. It can strengthen you, set you upon your feet. So impartation comes by the word. And let me just say this. I personally believe that the impartation of the word of God is the most lasting and enduring impartation that you can receive. It is the most lasting and enduring, the impartation of the word of God. It is the truth of God's word. Then God goes on and begins to tell Ezekiel why he's going to give this kind of a word to the to the. Uh, 
the Jewish people. Then look down at verse nine of Ezekiel two. The Bible says, Ezekiel speaking here, he said, then I looked and I saw a hand reaching out to me. It held a scroll, which he unrolled. And I saw that both sides were covered with funeral songs, words of sorrow and pronouncements of doom. See, he was getting ready to give a heavy word to Israel, but it was coming from God being imparted into Ezekiel's spirit. Verse, uh, chapter three and verse one. And the voice said to me, son of man, eat what I'm giving you. So he's not telling you, don't just read the word, devour this word, receive it in impartation. Eat what I'm giving you. Eat this scroll. Then go and give its message to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he fed me the scroll. Fill your stomach with this, he said. And when I ate it, it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said, son of man, go to the people of Israel and give them my messages. So notice in the same way that Jesus taught this, he said, I cannot even speak unless I first hear the father speak. Do you know one of the things that makes you an asset to your generation and not a liability is when you fill yourself with the mighty word of God. If you are filled, if your spiritual belly is filled with the mighty word of God, when it comes time to dealing with people that need what you have, you immediately are able to impart to them life. See, because the Bible teaches that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. It doesn't say out of the heart. It says out of the abundance of the heart. So there might be other things that you've read. There might be other things you've heard that you've seen that are in your heart, but it's what you fill your heart with. It's what you fill your spirit with that will come out of your mouth. So you can always tell what people are filling themselves with based upon what comes out of their mouth. If you meet someone and they're always talking to you about sports and their favorite team and the latest scores and the latest trades and the latest signings, you'll know that they keep up on sports. They read sports blogs. They follow teams on Twitter. They're watching ESPN. They have all this information going into their spirit so that when they get time to sit down and talk to you, what comes out of their heart is information about sports. If people are always following politics and watching Fox News, CNN, NBC, whatever, they're reading Twitter, you know, political pundits and they're, you know, all these different uh, avenues we have to intake and ingest the news. When they sit down to talk to you, what do they begin to direct the conversation toward? What's in their heart? What they've been studying, what they've been reading and what comes out is what they've filled themselves with. But recognize that if you want to be an asset to your generation and not a liability, there's nothing that will change people in this generation like the mighty word of God. Nothing even comes close to the power of God's word. It is the most powerful force in the universe. Psalm 138 and verse 2, the psalmist writes this, God, you have magnified your word above your name. You've magnified or lifted your word even above your name. The word of God carries so much power that the devil doesn't want you to have it. It's sad. I can't uh, remember where I was reading this. I'll have to get the reference, maybe uh, include it in the uh, the notes of the show. But 
I was reading recently, it was a very large percentage and uh, I'll try to link it in so you can you can see it for yourself. But it was like it was something like 80 percent or more of ministers that are graduating from seminary have never read the Bible all the way through. I mean, think about that. We have people coming out of seminary that are supposedly going to minister to us and our spiritual needs, and they've never even completed the book that they're supposed to be teaching us. That's insane. That's insane. Ezekiel, notice this, Ezekiel was not even qualified to go and speak to God's people until he had ingested the entire word that God had for him to to give. He said, eat this, fill your belly with it, and then go deliver my message to the people. We are not qualified to truly minister to those around us until we've received an impartation or filled our belly with the mighty word of God and the power of God. I'll, I'll just say this before we get to the, to the end here. It's a dangerous, dangerous thing to think that you have arrived, that you don't need any more, uh, you know, training, that you don't need to level up anymore, that you're kind of where you need to be and that you can put it on cruise control. That is such a dangerous place to be. And let me tell you, the reason that I'm doing this podcast is because so many people in our generation feel like that's where they are that they can kind of cruise at this point. They've heard enough about the Bible. They've heard enough scripture. They've heard enough messages. They've read the Bible, whatever they may feel. And, and I see so many people that aren't even seeking out impartation. Just, you know, you might read the Bible, but what the point that I'm making is if I see people, and I was just talking to, uh, with somebody about this today. If I see people that are taking zero actions to receive impartation, especially if you're young, if you're under 40 years old and I see you taking zero steps to receive impartation from the men and women of God that God is using in this generation, you are in a dangerous place, a very dangerous place, because if you that's just your actions are the proof of what you believe. And if I see somebody that's taking no steps, especially if they're in the ministry, if you're listening to this and you're a minister that's 40 years old or younger, and I can look at your life and you're taking no steps to receive impartation whatsoever. I mean, like, you know, there's people, they don't even, I said, no, tell me what podcast you're listening to of people preaching or speaking. I'm not really listening to any, what books are you reading? I'm not really, I'm not really a reader. You know, I just kind of, they're not reading anybody's books. They're not listening to any podcast. They're not attending any kind of a meeting throughout the year. It blows my mind. I mean, they're, <laughs> think about this. Think how ridiculous this is. I have, I had a barber when I lived in West Virginia and I think the barber sold the American crew products for men. Well, if you're going to keep uh, your ability, from my understanding, if you're going to keep your ability to continue to be a part of the American crew brand, or if you're going to continue to be one of their affiliates, your barbershop's going to carry their stuff, you're required at least once or twice a year to go to those American crew shows. Those barbers have to pack their bags and leave West Virginia and go to Philadelphia or D.C. Or, or New York City or somewhere where American Crew is holding one of their shows and they're doing the latest trends in, in haircutting and whatever, all the new products they're releasing. They actually have to go to brush up on what's new. They have to receive new information, new knowledge, all this stuff. Barbers are doing this. People that are just taking care of your hair, 
uh, people that are in the salon that are for women that are taking care of you, whatever. They're doing this, but you've got ministers that are taking care of your eternal soul and they have no desire to travel away from where they live and put down what they're doing for a week to receive some sort of spiritual impartation. It is a dangerous place to be in when you feel like you don't need to receive from anybody else. How prideful can people become that they think they've arrived? You know, it doesn't matter how much God is using you. You continually need to be refilled. You need to be refilled. Maybe I'll do an entire podcast on being refilled with the spirit, but you can continue to receive spiritual impartations throughout your entire life. Jesus was the son of God and he personally would take time away from ministering to be alone with God in heaven who would impart to him on a daily basis, who would give him the words to speak, who would fill him with fresh virtue from heaven. You know what, what the, the woman with the issue of blood, what she was withdrawing from Jesus' body in Mark chapter 5. The Bible said when she touched the hem of his garment, he said, I just felt virtue, which is Holy Ghost, life-giving force, leave my body. You can't be continually drained of your virtue day after day after day and never be refilled with virtue and think you're not going to burn out. That's why we need impartation. We've got to be refilled with spiritual gifts and spiritual this. And if you're not familiar with this and you, you know, the word impartation seems foreign to you. All it means is giving somebody something that they do not have or, or giving them put, for example, when my daughter was young and she was first learning to swim, you know, she didn't have, you know, the strength in her little body, you know, she had her little floaty outfit on, you know, that straps all the way around the back and front and water wings, whatever, but she loved to be in the water, but she couldn't swim on her own. She didn't have the strength. So what, what she would love for me to do is to get behind her in the water and to take her and push her real hard through the water so that she would have a momentum to float forward. Well, she, she could not do that with her own legs and arms yet, but because she had a stronger force behind her, pushing her, what did I do? I imparted momentum and strength into her little body and was able to push her to places she could not get herself. And that's what impartation is. It's when somebody who carries a stronger gift, a stronger anointing, who's more developed, who's been in it longer than you, that has the ability to then push you further and allow you to accomplish faster what you could not do on your own. And that's why Jesus breathed on his disciples. That's why Elijah passed the mantle to Elisha. That's why Paul laid hands on Timothy. That's why Paul wanted to go to Rome and impart spiritual gifts to them because they all had strength in the spirit and wanted to push by momentum in the spirit the people of God forward to be more impactful than they've ever been before. See, impartation is something that we all need that many people don't realize that they need, but every one of us need it. Every one of us has got to get supernatural impartation. We've got to seek out impartation encounters. I'll finish by talking about this. We've got to seek out impartation encounters. People say, well, man, I'm busy. There's no, I don't know very many people that are busier than I am. I I don't, and that's not a prideful statement, but you know, I'm gone for, you know, totally full-time gone on the road 
between 250, 300 days, sometimes a year. Home may be a, a total of two months out of the entire year, just going nonstop. I don't know many people that are just totally on the go, you know, full full out like that. And I'm still taking time out of my schedule, a week here, a week there, a week here, to stop what I'm doing and to go receive impartation from men of God that are doing it at a greater level than I am. I do it, I'll go to camp meetings like my father holds different places throughout the country in, in February in Florida, in April in West Virginia, you know, in, in the summer in Canada, in the fall in New England, uh, you know, ministers and leaders conference as Dr. Rodney Howard Brown holds, um, you know, men, men of God like Bishop David Oyedepo when they come to the United States of America. I've stopped what I'm doing and just flown to go be where he is, to sit under his ministry, hear him teach. I'm not there to get an offering. I'm not there to get anything but impartation. And I'm sitting in the seat, listening to the preaching. You say, man, you, you take time off from preaching to hear preaching? Yes, absolutely. I need to be stirred up in my spirit as much as anybody else. I need fresh impartation as much as anybody else. And see, we've got to start taking the steps because God has called every one of us to be impactful in the kingdom. Absolutely, every one of us called to be an asset and not a liability, to do great things in the kingdom of God, but it takes divine impartation. I look back at men of God like A.A. Allen, who was a powerful evangelist during the Voice of Healing movement after World War II came to a close. And I watched as R.W. Shambach, and I go back and watch all these videos on YouTube. I, we had the VHSs in my, in my home as I was growing up. You'd watch as a young man, Brother R.W. Shambach, who's also a great evangelist, served A.A. Allen watched how he operated, and then continued on what he was doing in the next generation. And so that same healing anointing, that same deliverance anointing, Pentecostal preaching in that same vein, as A.A. Allen did what he was called to do, he imparted that ability to R.W. Shambach. And then he was able to continue in strength and power, seeing supernatural miracles take place, supernatural deliverances. And then I watched as my father, as a young man, began to serve R.W. Shambach in the same way that R.W. Shambach served A.A. Allen. And my dad received impartation from Brother Shambach in the same way. And then as Brother Shambach has gone on to be with the Lord, my father has continued on in a ministry of miracles, deliverance, and healing, preaching, evangelizing in the same vein and in the same way. And now as a younger man serving my father, I can see the same pattern taking place. We're already, I mean, we've already seen supernatural miracles take place. Deaf ears come open, blind eyes come open, cancer healed. I mean, supernatural things in our meetings. Well, it doesn't come because, you know, I discovered all these things from the ground level. There are veins of impartation in the body of Christ, and you've got to search out, seek out impartation and recognize the value of what it carries for your life. You can't do it on your own. You need to receive. This is, See, this is not something men set up. This is something God established so that he could deposit divine power into every man, into every woman. God raises up men to raise up men. God does not raise up organizations 
to raise up men. He raises up men to raise up men, raises up women to raise up women. See, understand, see, that's the problem. What happens is there's a move of God and people want to create an organization out of the move of God. God's not raising up organizations. He deals with individuals. As long as the individuals in the denomination are anointed, then the denomination will be anointed. But you see what's happening, like even today, in many of our full gospel denominations, you have, un, you have men and women that are not spiritual. They're great, great at marketing. They're great at public speaking. They're great at presentation, all of those things, but they don't have impartation. Literally, the spiritual fathers of this generation are few and far between, meaning that we have spiritual bastards in the pulpit. You heard me say that right. Spiritual bastards, not coming from anybody. They picked it up from somewhere along the way and they're starting out from the ground level. But who's your, who did you come from? Who, who imparted to you? Who gave you, uh, you know, uh, who, who trained you? Who raised you up? And as a result, what we have is men and women in the pulpit that are just not spiritual. They don't carry the anointing at the level they should. And so we ha- what we have is a bunch of people who, because the anointing is not operating the way it should be, they have to turn to other methods and other means to believe for church growth. They're now depending on uh, marketing and they're or depending on uh, psychological principles that they've read in business books from Barnes and Noble. They're, they're depending on advertising and doing secular things to grow a spiritual organism. And it doesn't work. You might have large crowds, but there's no spiritual impact. It's, it's, it's a sad thing <clears throat> when you've got a church that can have 2,000 people on a Sunday morning and someone can attend that church for two years addicted to a substance and still after two years not be free. It's sad when you can have a church of 2,000 people that someone can come who's not serving God and attend your church for two years and at the end of two years still doesn't feel conviction for their sin and is still living in sin while attending your church week after week. There's a problem there and the problem is there's not a sufficient anointing to bring conviction to sin, to bring deliverance to the sinner. And the result, it's not the fault of the people in the church. It's the fault of the leadership who have not received impartation and have not been built up spiritually that have not filled their belly with anything substantial to deliver to the people. And the fire of God is not present and the power of God is not present. And as a result, people remain the same. If I told you the statistics, those of you that are not ministers, I just uh, talked to somebody that they just came back from their national council of a Pentecostal organization in Canada. And the, the organization leadership at the conference gave this statistic that over 60% of the churches in that Pentecostal denomination in Canada will not have one conversion in their church this year. Not one person will be saved. Not only that, the statistics are showing that, I mean, I'm I'm trying to remember how small it was. There was such a small percent of the churches that even had water baptisms. They're not performing them because nobody's getting saved. They're just not seeing the results. No one is reporting people getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, these are not opinions. These are statistics given by the leadership of a Pentecostal denomination in Canada. The same is true in the United States of America. 
many of our Pentecostal denominations. Do you know they're telling us now? Uh, I read somewhere recently that over 70% of churches in the United States will not have one conversion this year. Not one person will be saved in those churches. And if that's not happening, you can you better believe that uh, with the great departure that many are having from the Holy Ghost, nobody's going to be reporting spirit baptisms and, and water baptism. So what's going on is that the enemy is trying to attack the spirituality of the church so that there's no impact. He doesn't mind fighting against a powerless church that's not doing anything to drive back the kingdom of darkness and to promote the kingdom of God. That the devil doesn't care about that. He doesn't care that you have a cross on your steeple. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care if you've got a beat a building where you meet every week and just continue on in dead religion. He could care less. That's not a threat to the kingdom of darkness. But when you get impartation and you start getting filled with the fire of God to make an impact in the last days before Jesus comes back to this earth, then the enemy starts to become afraid because he sees somebody that has resources that he can never deal with and that he begins to realize that you are about to drive him out of your city. Crime rates are getting ready to go down. Drug addictions getting ready to go down. Abortions are getting ready to go down. Murders getting ready to go down. Because the kingdom of God, wherever light is, it drives darkness out. And that should be our desire to receive an impartation from the Holy Ghost and from powerful men and women of God to move forward, move further faster in the kingdom of God. Without question, that is God's design and that is God's desire. Let me pray for every one of you listening today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you'd give us a great hunger for the things of the spirit. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians, don't let us be ignorant of spiritual things, but give us a desire and a hunger for spiritual things. For your word declares, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. So Father, don't let us just have a desire and a hunger for these things of the spirit, but let us be filled by the things of the spirit. Let 2018 be our year to receive divine impartations and be more impactful than we've ever been in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Listen, those of you that are, are, are listening to this podcast, share it with somebody. I encourage you to post it on your social media page. Take a screenshot. Let people know you're listening. Invite them to listen with you. Let's get this message out. Jesus is coming back. It's time to be fruitful. I love you. Listen, until next week, don't forget, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll see you next time. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com. 